because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Morning, morning. morning. Mm, good to be here. Um, let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, all the glory, all the honour and all the majesty belongs to you. Lord, you are Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You are sovereign God over everything. Over every area of our life, Lord, you reign. Father, thank you for your precious word to us this morning, Lord. And again, Father... We pray that you will open our hearts and minds afresh. There is always something to learn. And Lord, I pray that you will come and revive and refresh us anew. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pauline said, we are starting, uh, we've just got three weeks of prayer we get together as a team and think, what we're going to do next? What we're going to do now? Um, so we've got these three weeks of this season of prayer, and I'm going to look at, be looking at it from a, an intercessory point of view this morning, really, um, on this particular one. Um, but let's just let's just remind ourselves afresh what we all know, right, about prayer. Prayer is communication with the living God. Prayer is, builds our relationship up with God through Jesus Christ. These things we know. And as a Christian, prayer is fundamental to our lives. People have different ways of praying and there's no right or wrong, but we should be praying. It's just a given because it's through prayer that we get to know Jesus, we get to know God, and we get to know everything about life. 
You know, you can't live with somebody and not communicate with them, can you? Well, you could. But it's not going to be very pleasant, is it, or very nice. And you're not going to find anything out about them, are you? But, you know, this is what prayer is. And we've got two eyes, two ears, one mouth, haven't we? So, looking, listening, the speaking bit. You know, with prayer, it's sometimes very easy to ramble on and go on. I mean, I'm good at that. Go about my list and tick things off. But, you know, that's one mouth. And, you know, in prayer, the communication is just as important about listening and being. And, you know, I just want to... I'm sure you're all brilliant at this, and I'm telling you, you know, things you already know. But it's just an encouragement, again, to just put those good practices in place on your prayer life. Now, you can, you know, there's no rhymes or reasons, as I say. You can be praying constantly all day, in the car, washing up, da 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 Whatever you do, in the shower, whatever you do, ironing, I don't know, what you do. In the workshop, men, I don't know. You know, but then there's those times when you need to set aside and deliberately, intentionally seek the Lord in prayer. And then there's those great times when we're together to pray. You know, there's something really profound about praying with other people. You know, I think it's great that um, if people are in prayer triplets, prayer triplets seems to work really well. It's intentional, so you set a time aside. And if there's three of you, one can do the talking while two listening, and then two can pray, sometimes from a different handle, and then you can swap around. And it, things happen when we pray. Next week, we're going to be talking more about answered and unanswered prayer. But this week, as I say, I want to really focus on the intercessory prayer. But, you know, if you're not in a, a prayer triplet, I just want to encourage you to, to think about that and, and to pray into it. It's so important. Right. That was my introduction. So the reading that Paul read. Thank you, Paul, for reading that. Where are you? Yeah, there, there. The rich young man. Now, actually, you'll see, hopefully, as we go along, that this is going to work how it fits in with prayer. But this is the reading that I, I felt I, w- I was given. So here we see the rich young man trying to justify himself before God. He says, look, Jesus, I've kept all your commandments. I'm pretty good. I'm a good guy. But what do I still lack? So interesting. He was keeping all the commandments as he felt, but he, must, he felt that something was still lacking. I found that quite interesting. There was something that wasn't quite right, even though he was keeping all the commands. Interesting. A self-centred prayer and a desire to be right with God is not actually a biblical principle because we cannot earn our place in heaven. We just, we just cannot earn that. However good we are, however wonderful we are, we cannot earn our place in heaven. I wonder if you've ever entered into a bargain with God. A bit like, well, Lord, I will, I'll be better or I'll purify my heart if you answer my prayer. If you answer my prayer, then I will do that. I will. If you'll just answer my prayer. And again, it's human. <laughs> I'm sure I've done that 
more than once. But we go back to that we cannot make ourselves right with God, however hard we try. And we want to, we want to earn it. We want to think that we're worthy, but we're not. We can only be right with God, only be right with God, if we accept Jesus as self-giving sacrifice for us on the cross. And again, we know this. We have to accept it as absolute gift and grace. And that's where we stumble. We have to surrender all our rights, all our demands, all our selfish nature, and place ourselves completely, 100%, into his hands, into his care. With our rich young man, Jesus knew, he just knew, because the Holy Spirit had revealed it to him. He knew what was holding this rich young man back. He hadn't completely surrendered all. Because what did Jesus say? Sell all you have and give to the poor. Sell it all, get rid of it. And then come and follow me. We can make, I think, two mistakes here on this bit. Firstly, we can believe that Jesus' words here apply to everyone. So all of us just sell everything we've got tomorrow, today. Give it to the poor. Jesus made this appeal to the rich young man because he could see that clearly his wealth was an obstacle to his discipleship. Many rich people in our world can do amazing things and do do amazing things with the wealth God has given them. Using them for God's glory and for others. So I don't think that that applies universal to everyone. Jesus knew what this man needed to hear. And the second mistake we can make is to believe that this applies to no one where there are clearly those today for whom the best thing they could do for themselves spiritually is to radically forsake the materialism that so invades our culture. God does, from time to time, challenge and require us to give up something for the sake of his kingdom. Because it's become an obstacle. It's become a barrier to our walk with him. Now this isn't about God being unreasonable or mean or strict or punishing us. It's about our best interests. It's about our spiritual growth. You know, we are here on earth to God, God, for God to make the best job of us he can. And we are all a work in progress. The idea is that we become more like Jesus. That we become full of love. That song that we just sung, that holy and anointed one, is very special to me. Because I had an experience of the Holy Spirit while singing that song in 1994. 
And it, two things hit me in that song as we just sang it. One, your word is a lamp to my feet, which is verse 105 in Psalm 119. That's how I'm, that, you know, then these choruses that we sing, take the Bible like that, you know you're onto a good thing with the Holy Spirit. You know you're onto something good. And secondly, I love you, Lord. And I was, this is totally me going off piste. Um, but this week, it really hit me that why and how do I love Jesus? I don't know Jesus physically, do I? I only know Jesus from what somebody's told me and what I've read in the Bible. So how can I genuinely say, I love you, Jesus? And it came to me this week, and it was probably evident to you, it, and not rocket science, but I can only say, I love you, Jesus, and mean that, because the Holy Spirit is living within. It's the Holy Spirit that says, the Holy Spirit loves Jesus, knows Jesus and loves Jesus. And the Holy Spirit living within us, when we become Christians, when we give our lives and surrender all to God, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. It's then, it's through the Holy Spirit that we can say, I love you, Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit taking over our minds, our hearts, our wills, that we can say, I love you, Jesus. So God is here to remove any obstacle in us that is getting in the way of us being able to say, I love you, Jesus. And for many of us, those obstacles may have been there for years and years, and we're not even aware of them. I mean, this young man didn't know that that was his obstacle because he'd kept all the commandments. But Jesus pinpointed it, went right in, didn't he? And again, the Holy Spirit can do that for each one of us. You know, I just feel that it's sad that many of us, many Christians walk in this journey. We don't forsake what God tells us to. I think the illustration that Jesus used as well here, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. You know, we know how impossible that is when we think of literally the needle and the camel. But I think Jesus said that and it was meant to be a bit humorous, I think. But one problem with riches is that they encourage a spirit of false independence. They're doing all of us. Because each one of us in this room is rich. When you look at the world situation. But it is possible for the rich man to be saved. Hallelujah. Because God's grace is enough to save him. We have people like Zacchaeus and Joshua and Joseph of Arimathea in the Bible. They were rich people. But they were able to put God first and not their riches. And that's what it takes. In contrast to the rich young ruler, the disciples did, all, did leave all to follow Jesus, didn't they? 
So, as Peter says, what's my reward? What do I get? And I love this bit. Jesus just doesn't say, oh, well, we'll see. Oh, well, you'll get something. Wait and see, it's a surprise. Jesus tells here of a special honour for the disciples. They are going to get a special honour. And they, their will, be, it will be a universal honour for each Christian, for each disciple of Jesus that have sacrificed for Jesus' sake. It will be beyond what we can imagine. Whatever has been left behind, whatever has been given up, will be returned to us a hundredfold. In addition to everlasting life, isn't everlasting life enough? So you may be sitting there thinking, she's definitely gone off a rocker this week. How does all this relate to prayer? Oh, well, I want to suggest that if we are not receiving the hundredfold that Jesus promised, then perhaps we need to start turning our prayer life around. I know each one of us here will be praying for family, for friends, for neighbours. It's what we do. But we need sometimes to take the focus off ourselves. Do you remember Job's story in the Old Testament, the book of Job? If you're ever, want, if you're ever depressed and want to get more depressed, read Job. <laughs> it really is a great read. 42 chapters of total misery. <laughs> Everything was taken away from Job. Everything. It started off quite calm and then it really ramped up. So spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, everything that you can think about, Job went through. He had an awful time. Yeah, as you get to the end of Job, about chapter 40, I think it is, 39-40, when the Lord restores everything to Job. When does he do that? He restores everything to Job when Job starts praying for his friends. Focus of himself. As a saved soul, as a true believer in Jesus Christ, one of the vital, important, real issues in our life, the business of our lives, is intercessory prayer. Prayers on behalf of others. And we will pick this up next week, as I said, both answered and unanswered prayer. But intercession means raising ourselves up to the point of getting the mind of Jesus regarding the person we're praying for. You know, don't ever think that it's an easy ride praying for others. It really isn't. It's seriously hard work. It's draining emotionally and physically and mentally. It's work. Often we dictate to God how prayer is supposed to work. Often 
we've worked out the outcome that God should be sorting out for us or for people that we're praying for without any reference to him at all. We throw our requests at God instead of first worshipping him. It's out of worship of God that everything else flows. Our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven. God on his throne, putting him first above everything and all things. I've used this illustration before, but, you know, we know that joy, joy of the Lord, the joy comes out of Jesus, the J, then others, and then ourselves. If you want to experience the joy of the Lord, a joy, a gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then let's concentrate and pray for others and properly pray. When we worship God for who he is, not for what he can give us, for who he is, we enter into intimacy with him. And that allows us to know how to pray for others correctly. Closeness to God is the key to praying for others. Because when we take our focus off God, when we come to pray for others without worshipping him first, then we're often in sympathy for the person that we're praying for. And, you know, our sympathy for others can get in the way of our prayers. Again, because we think we know what this person needs that we're praying for. And so often we don't. But God does. When we start praying without Jesus at the centre for others, we can often get out of the step of God's will. And we can end up praying for all sorts of things that this person doesn't really need. Or it isn't how God wants to answer or heal, or do what, what he can, only he can in their lives. We can be an obstacle sometimes. And then we think, well, our prayers are never answered. Oh, surprise, surprise. They're not going to be, are they? When we're praying in our own strength. Because we think we're praying for somebody, well, great. It's good. But if we're praying for somebody out of our needs, out of our sympathy, out of our insecurities then we're not going to see the answers. So how do we correct this? How do we make sure we pray the right prayers for someone? Well, that's quite obvious, isn't it? We ask Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important. You know, when we do prayer ministry, there's always two people there. And as one is praying for another person... The other person can be listening, doubly listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And sometimes that is the prayer that they can come in later that the person really needs to hear, is the healing prayer. You know, I don't want to waste my time praying for something, for me, for the church, or for somebody else that's not of God's will. Because, you know, that's a waste of time. 
Plus, it's hard work. You know, we, we need to be in God's will. don't know where I am. I wonder if you've ever heard it said that intercession prayer is putting yourself in someone else's place. I'm not sure that's quite right. Intercession is putting ourselves at God's disposal. When we intercede for somebody, we are just a channel. Like an, you know, think of it as a hole in your head and a hole in your feet. And this, the Holy Spirit, the water of life, God's love can just pour into us and out. That's all we are. You know, if we think we're any more than that, we've got to get out of the way and we can become a stumbling block. That is what we are. And then when we open ourselves as that channel, then we can get God's perspective and God's mind on the situation for all, all circumstances. Right. So, what's the takeaway for today? I've got two down here, but I'm going to add a third. Um, the first one is, our takeaway today is, is there any stumbling block in your life? Are, are you dammed up somewhere? Is there a dam that just needs breaking or releasing? i just leave that one with you. Again, the Holy Spirit can reveal, will, can reveal that to you. Um, if that is somewhere that you would like to go or a question you would like to ask, if there is an obstacle within you, uh, then you pray to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, to reveal that to you. And I, I would imagine that can be quite surprising for us sometimes, because we don't, often aren't aware. And two, secondly, um, I want to give you some homework. So for this week, I'd like you to Choose a person that you know, known to you, and again, ask the Holy Spirit who that person is, and to place that person into God's care, commit them to God, and for a week, each day, bring that person to mind and pray for them, but asking the Holy Spirit what the prayer is for that person. So it's quite a listening exercise. And I would suggest that you give at least five, ten minutes just to the listening part. Actually, that was only two. So, yeah, so if you're up for that, that would be great. And I'm going to do that as well. I, I'm going to through the prayers and sit before I leave here this morning. I'm just going to get the Holy Spirit to just lay someone on my heart. And it's going to be a fascinating exercise, actually. Because obviously the person you choose you do know, or know slightly, you know, pick somebody you know. And it'd be interesting what you would normally pray for that person. And then just see what the Holy Spirit is 
giving you to pray for that person. And as I said next week, we will look at answered and unanswered prayer. Pray for me, please. <laughs> Amen.